been a series on prayer. We're kind of right in the middle of this series. And we have uh, just been encouraging and teaching around the subject of prayer because God has made us as people who have this desire to connect with the God who made us and to pray, to listen, to ask for things that are huge and trust him that he can do those things. You'll remember Jesus said things like, if two or three of you agree on anything, you ask for it, it'll be done. Or he said, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in, in prayer. Or he said, whatever you ask for in my name, ask for anything in my name, and it will be done for you. Wow. When you think of some of those promises and some of those things that Jesus asked us to pray and to do and to believe him for, it's amazing. I mean, matter of fact, sometimes it actually feels like a blank check, doesn't it? Like, whoa, a fat bank account, a thin body, just pray whatever you want and it's going to happen, right? I wish it would work out that way, but that's not actually how it works out, is it? The truth is, I love it when God surprises me with some amazing answers over some big prayers and I love that. But equally true is that we've all prayed for things and it didn't work out the way we thought it should, the way that we knew that God could, and we got something different than what we asked for. And that's hard. We're going to talk about that this morning, that there are things that just make so much sense that we pray for. And we ask God for, and we get something different than what we ask for. I mean, think of all of these Bible promises and all these great teachings about prayer and about faith. And it's frustrating when you read these stories in the Bible, like Joshua prayed and the sun stood still. Or, you know, here Jonah, he's praying in the mouth of this whale and he's vomited out on the shore. And that sounds pretty gross. And then, you know, and then you read about. Daniel in the lion's den and these lions, they all of a sudden go on a hunger strike while he's in there. And you're going, well, that, that sounds great. Those are some pretty amazing Bible stories, but that doesn't happen for me. You ever feel that way? Just kind of frustrated about, about it? I told you about that story about where I prayed about that tree that was blocking my view in my front yard and it caught on fire. True story. But what I didn't tell you about was that when we first moved into that house, I prayed over the house, just prayed a blessing. You know how you might do when you move into a new house. Prayed for God's protection, prayed for God to bless the home, and just this wonderful, powerful prayer. And two weeks later, someone broke in and stole everything out of our home. Everything. All of our musical instruments. They stole all of Tisa's special sentimental jewelry things that her mom had given her before she passed away. They even stole an antique gumball machine that I had. I mean, these are heartless people. They wiped us out clean. So, hey, I'm available to come and bless any of your homes anytime you might like that. I haven't been asked recently. Why, when we pray for certain things, don't they happen? And I know that the reality is that some of you, many of you, have prayed for things far more intense than just protection over your home. I mean, maybe you've prayed for someone who was sick and ill, and maybe they had a disease, and you prayed for them, and you mustered all of your faith, and you trusted God, and, and then 
they died. Or you were praying for someone to conceive, and still to this day they haven't been able to have children. Or you prayed for your parents to not get a divorce, and you pray, God, keep them together, and then it ended in this brutal, ugly divorce, and your life has been complicated ever since. Or maybe you prayed for someone that you loved to come to Christ, and you know that the Bible says God's heart, his will, is that all would be saved, that none would perish, and you're praying and you're praying, and it just seems like the more you pray year after year, the further away they are. It's frustrating. I want to bring a couple biblical ideas about some of the possible reasons as to why our prayers maybe aren't answered in the way that we think that they should be, or maybe we just feel they're not being answered at all. And I'm going to call these possible reasons because I don't know everybody's individual situation and there is no one pat answer that covers it all. So here are a couple possibilities I want you to consider. First of all, maybe it's a broken relationship. Now, what in the world does a relationship on this earth have to do with God answering prayers in heaven? Let me show you a couple of verses that talk about it both indirectly and very directly, that our vertical relationship with God and our horizontal relationship with people, it matters. It matters to God. In Mark chapter 11, verse 24, Jesus said, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, right, believe that it will be yours, that you've received it, and it will be yours. And then he goes on and he says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, in other words, if you have a damaged relationship, you should forgive that person so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Now, wait a minute. Why is Jesus talking about praying and then suddenly he goes to this horizontal relationship and about forgiveness? Because it matters to him. Again, in Matthew chapter 5, a different passage, Jesus said, if you're going to the altar to offer your gift, and he's talking about you're going to church to pray, to worship. He says, and there you remember, oh, yeah, I got this thing against this other person. He said, then leave your gift at the altar. First go reconcile the relationship, make it right, then come back and give your gift at the altar. Why? Because our horizontal relationships matter to God. Now, I'm not saying that every time you have a little tiff or there's a little, you know, kind of a, a hiccup in a relationship that God's not going to answer your prayers. That's not what I'm talking about. What, what I am saying is that we are his children and it's important to our Heavenly Father that, that we love each other. And at some point, that anger or bitterness or unforgiveness becomes an issue in our lives, and he wants us to get that right so that nothing gets in the way of our relationship with God and our prayer and our prayer life. I hate it whenever Tisa and I are at odds with each other in our marriage uh, because I, I read this passage, and so it bugs me now. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. And then one of the reasons, here's what the Bible says. He says, why? So that nothing will hinder your prayers. Now, 
that puts a lot of accountability on us, husbands, that living with our wives in an understanding, loving, and respectful way has a lot to do with our prayers not being hindered. Now, I don't always like that, but that's what the Bible says. So that there is this important value to our Heavenly Father, that our relationships are important. The second possible reason why our prayers may not be answered, maybe I have this impure motive. Motives matter to God. James chapter 4, verse 3 says, Whenever you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend whatever you get on your own pleasures. Can anybody say mega millions? I mean, <laughs> 750 mil went to somebody recently, and maybe you were praying for that too. And it's like, I was going to give 50% to the church. Come on, God. We pray things all of the time, don't we, that, that just they sound right, they feel right. I was praying like mad yesterday during the Zags game. I mean, they were like panning the audience, and I saw people just praying, you know, come on, God, three-pointer. I'm heartbroken. That's a fine prayer. I prayed all the time that my kids, when they were in high school and they were in the band, you know, that they'd get first chair. Sometimes I just prayed that they wouldn't suck. But, <laughs> so, but I was praying, you know, for stuff. And it's like, well, so are all the other parents in the audience, you know? We pray things all of the time. Maybe you're a high school senior and you're praying for that date, that prom date with that cute, you know, cheerleader. Or you run a red light. And you saw a cop on the corner and you're praying, God, help him not see me. We pray things all of the time. And yeah, some of them, I guess, come true, but some of them don't. And he's saying, you know, that motives matter in our prayer life. The Pharisees prayed all of the time in big ways, grandiose ways, loud and proud in the public square. They wanted to be seen. And Jesus said, your prayers are not being heard. God's will matters. Proverbs 16.2 says, All a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. I don't understand your motives. I barely understand my own. And God understands them all. And he sees our heart. So maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe it has to do with impure motives. The third thing is maybe it's that I'm not believing God. That God will actually do it. Mark chapter 9, a really important story about a dad who had a son who was possessed with an evil spirit. Now, anyone who's a parent knows how difficult that would be to see your child suffering with this. And so Jesus comes uh, in, into this person's town, and he's, this guy says this in Mark 9. He says, but if, Jesus, Jesus, if you can do it, if you can do it, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus he almost seems offended. He's like, what do you mean, if you can? Everything is possible for him who believes. Faith matters to God. It said, Jesus said it will be done according to their faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. If you have a little bit of faith, you can say to this mountain, be removed, and it will be moved. Now, the challenge here, and I want to be really careful here, because the challenge is, is that some of you prayed for somebody that you loved or something, and you, you prayed with the faith you had, 
and it didn't happen, maybe they even died, and you were accused of not having enough faith, and you need to reject that because that's just not true. That just brings a lot of hurt, a lot of misunderstanding in the body of Christ because that's not at all what God's talking about. It's like the pastor and the bar owner. The pastor was upset. There's this bar down the street. People are carousing late at night. So the pastor calls a prayer meeting to, you know, shut the bar down. And so they go over to where the bar is and they get a group of people from the church and they begin to pray and ask that God would do something. And all of a sudden, lightning strikes the bar. The bar burns to the ground. So the bar owner, he sues the church. And when they're standing before the judge, the judge wants to know, well, what happened? And the bar owner said, well, this pastor, he prayed and he brought other people around and they prayed to God, and then God struck us. And the pastor's like, no, 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 no. We didn't mean anything by that. It was just a harmless prayer meeting. That's all. We didn't do anything. It's not our fault. And the bar owner said, yes, it is. And then the judge finally steps in and he says, wait a minute. I can't believe what I'm hearing. You're saying that the bar owner believes in prayer and the pastor doesn't. It's true, isn't it? There are times when we just think, oh, man, you know, yeah, God could, but he probably won't. Like, have you ever heard this statement? Well, we've done everything we know to do. Now all we can do is pray. You ever heard that? You ever said that? Like, it's up to us to figure it all out, and then if we can't, then maybe we'll just throw a Hail Mary pass of prayer and see what God might do, and... That's not really having faith. So what is it? Well, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's our motives. Maybe it's our faith. But here's a really big one. Maybe God had something else in mind. Maybe God just had something different. And I hope you know that God's will matters more than our will does. Even though we don't understand his will sometimes, there are times where God does something or won't do something, and I don't get it, and it's frustrating to me. And yet 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says, this is the confidence that we have. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. And I love this, that we can have confidence of knowing the, the, the very will of God. And as we pray according to his will, how do you know his will? Well, you learn his will by reading the Bible. You learn his will by spending time in prayer and learning his heart. We learn his will, though it's imperfect. We don't always understand it. But we can grow in our capacity to know the will of God and then to pray according to his will. But God loves us enough to not give us some of the things that we pray for when they're not according to his will. And this is huge because that will test your trust to the core. Whether I really believe God is good when I don't get what I feel like I should get and what I know God could do. And when I don't get that, it tests us to the core. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. If there was anyone who should have had his prayers answered like 10 times a day, it's the Apostle Paul. And we read about how he prayed earnestly three different times, long seasons of prayer, I'm sure. And he asked for this thorn in the flesh to be removed. We're not sure, was that persecution? Was it some form of a physical ailment? 
some pain, chronic pain he was living in. We don't know. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and God didn't do it. Matter of fact, we read about that. And God said, in my sovereignty, I want you to learn that my grace is enough. My grace is sufficient for you. Now, for some, maybe that felt, maybe that was like comforting, but I doubt it was very comforting to Paul in that time to go, my grace is sufficient. Come on, God. What I'm praying makes sense. Paul probably didn't like the answer, and yet he received it. The biggest example from my own life is when uh, Tisa was pregnant with our third son. We looked so forward to that baby being born. We named him. We, we got stuff for the nursery. Um, there were some complications with the pregnancy, so we were praying. We got our whole church praying. It was in Arizona. And then we went in for a checkup late in the pregnancy and found out that the baby had died. She had to deliver the baby. It was like a hell weekend. And it was difficult waiting for the contractions to start and then to deliver the baby and hold John Michael and have him not be alive. And knowing that we prayed, we prayed in faith. We, pr we had people praying. It made no sense to have to bury our baby and to not have him healed and not have that situation work out. And it wasn't the devil and it wasn't a lack of faith and it wasn't a broken relationship and it wasn't a selfish motive. And I didn't like it. There have been many, many people who have had dreams crushed, prayers not answered, people who have died, relationships or marriages that have ended after long seasons of prayer. And it can be heart-wrenching and difficult to recover from. And some of you have been carrying that anger or that guilt for years. You've blamed God. You've blamed yourself. Today's the day to let it go, to forgive yourself, to forgive let it go and say, I don't understand it. I don't like it. I will never like it. But God is good and he loves you. We, even when we don't get what we feel we deserve and it makes perfect sense to us, God's perspective is different. He thinks eternally. And in our situation, that little baby is made whole. We don't get to raise him. We don't get to have him, but he's made whole. God understands, and I have to learn to trust him and let his grace be sufficient. 1 Peter 4.19 says, So if you are suffering according to God's will, keep on doing what is right and trust yourself to the God who made you, for he will never fail you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You won't always get what you prayed for. Sometimes you'll get the exact opposite. But it's a trust test to say, like Job did, in the midst of our pain and anguish and tragedy or disappointments or broken dreams, to say, God, yet though you slay me, yet will I love you, yet will I worship you, yet will I praise you. 
never force his will on you. But he calls to you, he calls to me to come to him and let him heal, let him wash you clean, let him renew your hope, let him purge the anger and the bitterness out of your heart. He's a God of second chances. And prayer reminds me that I'm not in control, but it keeps me close to the one who is. It's not so much about what I want, it's about God's will. We're gonna have a moment to pray right now and a moment to worship. And I wanna encourage you just as we worship, just to let these songs wash over your heart and enter into these songs and pray and talk to God and pour some of your anger out to Him and pour out your, your disappointments and your hurts and let Him wash you. Let His grace be sufficient to you. Let Him help us trust that He knows what He's doing even when it doesn't make sense. That God is good. Let's pray. Father, I pray that today you would build our faith. I pray today, Lord, that where relationships are strained, that you will show us that so that we can get those relationships right. I pray that you would wash our motives where it's mixed, some of it good, some of it kind of selfish. And I pray, Lord, help us to begin to understand more and more how to pray your will. And then, Lord, it's all of those things that happen or don't happen when we pray that we don't understand and you have something different in mind. Just in this quiet moment, I just want to see if you've prayed a prayer that was really important to you and it went unanswered. Would you just lift your hand? So many of us, so many of us. God, I pray for each one of us, Lord, that have been waiting on you for an answer or maybe the answer is the exact opposite of what we are praying for. God, would you bring a, a washing and a healing to our heart and renew our trust. Do something powerful in our soul. Reach into those areas that Lord, we've locked away, we've hidden away, and we've just tried to move on. And so, Lord, we just want to be honest with you today. We want you to work, Holy Spirit, in a way only you can. And I know that there's another group of us here that it's affected your relationship with God. Some kind of an unanswered prayer, a huge disappointment that you just know God could have done something about it and for whatever reason he didn't. And you found yourself very distant, looking from a distance at relationship with God. And he's calling you home. He's calling you back into relationship with him. Would you do that today? Just open your heart and say, God, I'm been away long enough and today I'm coming back to you. And today, Lord, I'm, I'm asking let your grace be sufficient for me and wash over my hurts, my disappointments, my frustrations and my anger. And Lord, I'm, 
I'm just going to quit blaming and I'm, I'm going to quit living in that place of unforgiveness and I'm going I'm to forgive. I'm going to let go today and I'm going to just trust you in my life today. So Lord, hear our prayer. Teach us to trust you. Let's stand up as we worship. Um, you're welcome actually to stay seated. If you want to stand, you can. If you want to write a prayer on the prayer wall, do that. We're going to spend a couple, probably 10 minutes just worshiping. So don't be in a rush. God has some things he wants to do in our life, in our heart this morning. Let's give ourselves to him. Let's enter into this time of prayer and worship. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. This is my daily bread. This is my daily This is my daily bread, your very word spoken to me. I'm desperate and I And I
God, we are here, Lord, just wanting the relationship with you, God, to grow deeper. Deeper, Lord, when we see prayers answered in powerful ways and even deeper still when we're waiting, waiting on those answers and waiting on you to move. God, we pray that you would be deepening our relationship with you, that you're a friend that sticks closer than a brother and that you will never leave us or forsake us and that your love is everlasting and that you are good. Lord, when these things happen in our lives that crush us, God, I pray that you will help us turn that pain back towards worship and that in that we would receive grace, receive mercy, and even receive what we need to wait it out until we understand in eternity and in heaven, Lord, why you do certain things that we don't get. And so, Lord, we're praying, may your will be done. May your kingdom come on earth in my life, in my heart, as you see it in heaven. We love you and we thank you for today in Jesus' mighty name. Some of you may like to continue to receive some prayer from some others. And our prayer team is over here every single week ready to pray with you. So feel free to go and access that. I'll be over here on this other side ready to meet any of you that may be new or newer to the church or just would like to get connected here. And I'll meet with you just for a few moments to, to give you some ideas on how to do that best. So have a great rest of your day today. God bless you. We'll see you next week.